This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name is John, and I'm sitting in the studio with Aaron. Aaron, what's up, man? Hey, John. Man, I'm doing good today. I got, I got some good energy, I feel like, today. Yeah. So. Beautiful day here in Oklahoma. So, heck yeah, yeah, man. Sun is shining bright. So, good energy all around. And speaking of good energy, it's WrestleMania week, right. everybody. WrestleMania is this coming weekend. If you're listening to this podcast on Thursday when it drops, it's only a couple days away. So, WrestleMania is coming to you. Um, obviously, watch WrestleMania just like I will be. So today I thought, how could we tie WrestleMania week into our podcast? And I decided to break down an interview that I found on WWE.com with Shawn Michaels, who is, as you know, Mr. WrestleMania. So let's talk about Shawn Michaels. They asked him some que- a couple questions about what WWE looks for in new talent. Right. And we're going to reference the, uh, the NIL program a couple times. Um, travel back. Because we do an entire episode of this podcast about the NIL, which is next in line. WWE's kind of new strategy for hiring new talent that is really based on hiring current athletes that are not necessarily pro wrestlers and people with really high um, uh, social media followings and things like that. So you can find our episode on the NIL program in the archives Go back and listen to that. Um, Sean discusses it a little bit in this interview, and we're going to talk about it today. So it's the Super Bowl for us wrestling fans as WrestleMania is coming this weekend. Many pro wrestlers begin their journey with dreams of main eventing the biggest show of the year in front of thousands of screaming fans. I know that I did. That's exactly I used to dream about that as a kid all the time, all the way back to watching the first WrestleMania I ever watched was actually Stone Cold versus Shawn Michaels. What we're talking about today, WrestleMania 14. That's the first WrestleMania that I can remember, to my knowledge, watching. And uh, made me a Stone Cold fan for the rest of my life. But, um, yes, that's where we all start. Dreaming about being at the highest of high, the main event of WrestleMania. And today, we are going to discuss a recent interview with Mr. WrestleMania himself, Shawn Michaels, conducted by WWE broadcaster Corey Graves, um, HBK discusses WWE's new direction for talent searching and his own personal opinion on what a young wrestler needs to succeed in the major leagues of pro wrestling. Guys, head on over to our YouTube channel. We are at How to Become a Pro Wrestler on YouTube. Be sure you like and subscribe. Scroll through all our cool videos. Leave us some comments. We love comments on our videos. That's great. And don't forget to click that bell because that's how you know every time we post a new video. Also, it really helps us when you share those videos. If you watch a video and you enjoy it, share it. Share it with a friend. Share it on your social media. Tag us in it, whatever you want to do. But um, it helps us to get some eyes out there so we can keep these things free for you every single week. All right, so let's dive right into Sean's interview here. Um, We're just going to loosely discuss some of the things that he brought up. The first question he was asked was whether or not WWE is moving away from signing independent wrestling talent and discuss the company's new NIL program like I just talked a while ago. So Sean said absolutely not, meaning he believes they are still hiring independent wrestlers, mm-hmm. which you can look at the company. Of course they are. Um, there are. And he says there are still really talented people out there, and um, he feels that sometimes you, know, you think it's a cop-out, that they're not necessarily hiring talent, but you know nothing's off the table. 
right? Absolutely right. nothing's off the table is what he says, which makes perfect sense. This is a, WWE is a super creative company, right? So nothing's necessarily off the table. If a super talented person comes along, mm-hmm. then they're going to go for it. Yeah. Of course they go. Um, Sean even references how he'd steal a good idea from anybody. And that's great. That's, that's, that's most things in life at this point, ladies and gentlemen, especially in pro wrestling. Um, there's no, there's not necessarily many new ideas. It's just kind of rehashing of old ideas. And sometimes you, I used to run into it all the time. I'd feel like I made something myself up and find out somebody was doing it 10 years ago. Like, Hey, it happens. It's okay. Um, but Sean says there is talent out there and he says, snatch them up. There's going to be talent. Grab them. Um, the NIL program is what he's referencing here, but he said during the pandemic, it changed the world of WWE quite a bit. Um, a lot of guys couldn't go out and work as much. So even though WWE is looking at people all the time, at the end of the day, WWE is trying to be prosperous and successful as possible for the future. So you got to ensure the future of the company. You get those talented individuals that you think are going to be best to enhance this product, right? And that NIL program was just kind of the next evolutionary Mm -hmm. recruiting system. Because during the pandemic especially, wrestlers weren't out there really doing it. Independent wrestlers weren't really out there anymore. So they had to come up with a new system. Um, So think about all the athletes that are out there, and a lot of them might not be necessarily professional wrestlers, but they're crazy athletic, and they they love competitions and the athleticism of it all. Um, so with that, like, all you really have to do is introduce them to wrestling and get them to fall in love with it, which is yeah. what Sean says here. Like, we can get them to fall in love with it just like we did. Um, there's a lot of them that may not have watched wrestling necessarily, but he's watched it happen himself because of the environment and the culture and the locker room environment, which is all what they're fans of. People that weren't necessarily wrestling fans fall in love with it. So when you go out there for the first time, you have that feeling, right? You pro wrestlers know what I'm talking about. You get that feeling. Like, you just, you just love it. It's something different. It's something unique. Um, uh, it's a very different feeling. And that's something that a lot of those athletes in the NIL program had never felt before, so they can actually transform into pro wrestling fans. So what I'm saying here, after breaking down all that from Sean, is number one, WWE is still interested in independent talent. Of course they are. Because at the end of the day, what they're interested in is growing their company. Right. So if there is a highly successful independent star that can bring along with them all the things they're looking for, athleticism, social media following, diversity, all that stuff, of course they're going to hire them. And also what Sean said here is there shouldn't be a super negative stigma involved with the NIL athletes because a lot of them are going to come in and fall in love with wrestling just like we all did. So They're just getting a later start. Yes, it's okay. Like, don't think, oh, these guys don't deserve it because they didn't come up through the high school gyms and stuff. Like, I get it, guys. I think I might have been there at one point as well where I'm like, oh, you know, those guys never wrestled in a bingo hall like I did or a a veterans building or whatever you want to call it, VFW. Like, I've been to all those shows too, guys. It's okay. All that really matters at the end of the day is that you have a passion for this business and you contribute to making it better Mm -hmm. and yourself. So that's what really matters. So Sean also was asked what he specifically looks for in new talent. So Sean's a more old school guy at this point now, right? And he came up through the territories and stuff as well. And he saw all the different eras of WWE from the attitude to now. So here's Sean talking about what he looks for in new talent. He says, 
There's a number of things, and believe it or not, character is a big thing. But to me, it's charisma because I feel like from an athletic standpoint now, we're getting some machines in here. We're getting some studs. So there's not much athletically that might not be able to that they might not be able to handle. I think to me, it's seeing the X factor that everyone talks about. You can't really describe it, but you just see it. Mm-hmm. So let's stop with that one. Let's start talking about that one right there. So uh, um, I agree with Sean that at this point, I, I I know that there was a point where I looked at pro wrestling and I was like, oh, no one will ever be as athletic as uh, like um, Evan Bourne. Like I don't know if you, if you remember Evan Bourne or Matt Seidel. He goes by on the independence doing like the shooting star presses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like no one will ever be as athletic as him. And then a few years later, we got people doing ten times crazier stuff. Yeah. Like it was probably you know, it's like oh nobody will ever be as athletic as Rey Mysterio. No one will ever be as athletic mm-hmm. as Evan Bourne. No one will ever be as athletic as as uh, Ricochet. Right? Like now and. Uh, Kenny Omega and the Bucks and just go on and on and on like it's just steadily progressing over time and that does make sense yeah just like like we we can talk about I think I might have talked about this on the podcast before but like Roger Bannister is a legendary figure in sports to me specifically as well because I love his story because he was the guy that that um, he said he was going to run a mile in less than four minutes and everyone told him it was impossible and he went out there and did it and then after he did it there was a flood of people doing it. So now you've got crazy athletic people and it just gets more and more and more throughout the years. So it takes that one person. It to really like does to just like show, show that you can do break the dam. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and then it's just a flood, but I think there is a, what Sean's saying here is like, he's never concerned that the physical side of it is going to be tough for people, mm-hmm. but getting the character and the charisma is something that not everyone has, or at yeah. least that not everyone has developed. Um, so that is something that he says is big to him. I totally agree. You have to have character. You have to have charisma because at the end of the day, you can't just be a good athlete. Yeah. Um, you have to be a lot more than that. I wanted to take a moment here to talk about what he said cons- concerning the X factor, right? Because he says you can't really describe it. You just see it. So. I was recently discussing the the what I would call the it factor, aka the intangible, that that like special quality that someone can have, and it can be in anything in life. But we're specifically talking about the athletes here and the pro wrestlers. So, um, let's talk about the it factor and how you you listening to this podcast right now might be able to develop your it factor or even just discover yeah. your it factor. So a lot of times, you have to start thinking about your journey in pro wrestling and think about something that just occurs naturally for you. And it might not be the in-ring wrestling. It might be, but it might be something different. It might be your ability to interact with fans and connect with fans. It might be your affinity for, for gear, for like outfits and merchandise. Like you may have this crazy eye for that stuff and you're not, you don't really notice it because it comes so easy to you and you just don't notice it. It might be a specific skill set or like a movement style. It might be speaking on the microphone that just comes perfectly to you. Just naturally it occurs to you. So I want you to think about that. Mm -hmm. Think about that thing that you always find so, so easy. And I'm going to give you a few steps here on maybe how to bring it out and invest in yourself a little bit, which step one is to invest in it. So step one to discovering and establishing your it factor is to actually invest in it. So what does that mean? 
if you are a natural acrobat, let's just say, holy crap, your whole life you've been like mm-hmm. parkour specialist. You can yeah. do flips like crazy. Like you don't even know why. And I, I've met these people, yeah, right? Me too. Yeah. I've met these people that it's like they've never really trained or even like lifted weights, but they can sit there and do flips and yeah. on the ground yeah. to do a backflip. Um, so I'm telling you to invest in that skill. Hire a gymnastic coach or buy a gymnastics program online or something mm-hmm. and refine your specialty. If your specialty, and I know a couple people like this, is how gifted you are at talking on a microphone, invest in that gift. Hire a speech coach. Go to a speech class. Put yourself out there in some improv and perfect yeah. your it factor. I know that we've talked on this podcast before about like how you can get better at promos. And one thing that we told them to do was actually go out like to do improv and stuff and actually get, get yourself out there. What we didn't really say was if you are good at it, you can still go do those things and get even better at yeah. it. So you might find some little subtle nuances that you weren't grabbing onto already. And you can now invest in your it factor by actually spending money, purchasing things, mm-hmm. a coach, a class, um, if it's if it's gear, you're buying material for gear. Maybe you're a freaking talented gear maker. I've ran into those people too that it's like, yeah, I just was like, oh, it's made of that. I, I have some of that stuff laying at home and I know how to sew. And then all of a sudden they're making gear. I'm like, invest in that. Invest in better quality machines to make your gear. Invest in materials and start investing in your craft and showing it to people. Yeah, because that's what gets you from being really good at mm-hmm. it, right? Just naturally, right. maybe you're really good at it, but to getting where you're the best at it. When you compare to other people, you are head and shoulders above yes. everyone else. Absolutely. So I see this with my boys a lot. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about it until we just yeah. were talking here, but uh, we'll have they have certain things that they just seem to be good at. Yeah. And um, so we're always encouraging them because they're good at it and they want to do it. Right. But uh, it, it's just kind of interesting because they didn't. I don't know where they learned it. Like my, <laughs> yeah. my boy, it's it's kind of weird, but like he's always like got this saying on like where to put furniture, and he's always wanting to rearrange our stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. And one day we let him. I was like, this is so much better than where we had it. Yes. So and then we got we got an artist in the family too. So he's just really naturally kind of good at art. So, there you go. Like yeah, where does it come from? Like yeah, who knows? I, but yeah. Um, and if, if it's something that comes naturally to them, it's probably worth looking into yeah. investing in. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I love uh, that one. That's a great step one, man. For sure. Dive into it, y'all. So step two is to practice it. Mm-hmm. So as much as possible, start practicing. Show people. Show people in that field, in the pro wrestling business, if that's what it is. Um, start using your skill until it becomes absolute second nature to where it's just nothing for you. Mm-hmm. So like... You could even boil this down to something super simple like like shuffling a deck of cards, which is not easy for a lot of people. Not easy for me. I, I can say this because I've right. specifically tried to shuffle some cards. And I was like, why am I not good at this? And other people are really good at yeah. this. I was like, I don't practice it. But a lot of people catch on to that instantly. They're like, oh, shuffling cards. It's easy. So, yes, it's easy. They naturally got into it. Now, I tell you what, shuffle cards every day. Shuffle cards every single day. When you're taking the – if you're taking the bus to work mm-hmm. – if you're idle at work, you know, itself, or if you're on a break and you're done eating your lunch, but you got a few minutes to kill before you go back on the clock, take a deck of cards with you everywhere. Shuffle those cards over and over and over and over again until it becomes the most natural. You don't even have to look at it. You can carry on a conversation mm-hmm. while you do it. That's one example, guys. I'm, I'm Obviously, I'm talking about way more than shuffling cards, but I'm trying to get you to focus on making these skills 
so simple for you that it doesn't take any effort mm-hmm. at all. And that comes with practice, constant effort. So step number three. Step three is to use it. The first two steps do not matter if you don't do this one. All right? You have to actually use it. And this means getting in the ring or in front of a camera or on a mic, going to new companies with new places and new faces and showing your skills to the world. If you are like so natural at creating gear, let's just say that you can put together an awesome looking outfit and you're like, oh, John told me to invest in it. So you buy a bunch of material and then he told me to practice it. So you make tons of outfits, but then you never show them to anyone. You never try to sell it. You never display it. You never merchandise it. Then what was the point? It's just sitting in your room. It's just a hidden talent, right? Like, None of the first two steps matter. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't like, like your your boy with artwork, like if you invest in him getting better art class, if it's natural to him, you invest in him to get more classes and tons of material, and then uh, he never Good decides job. to to paint, you know, or he never decides to show it or yeah. anything like that. He just hid it in his room or something. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't really a point. Maybe it's an art- artistic expression, you know, excuse there. I can get that too, but like. At the end of the day, if you want to be a professional at it, you yeah. do have to use it. Yeah. Absolutely must use it. So those are my tips on helping develop that it factor, y'all. Actually go through it and end up using it. I want to dive back into what Sean wraps up his conversation here with, which is um, he thinks that if you were able to give your it factor a word, it is charisma, like he said, and a you know, a, uh, he's talking about like an inert comfortability with what is going on in pro wrestling. Um, to him, that's the first thing he looks for people that are naturally inclined to Mm -hmm. be good at it. Right. So you've got a lot of people that can chase numbers, meaning like in the weight room or reps or whatever, things like that, money, even, Mm -hmm. um, they can set certain goals and achieve every one of them from a physical aspect because Sean works at the actual WWE performance center. But being able to understand the actual performance side and the entertainment, mm-hmm. don't forget that, the entertainment aspect of pro wrestling, that is what Sean thinks separates the men from the boys, so to speak. So right. the actual professionals from the the ones that are maybe just there for a paycheck or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that comes into with the, like, you know, he said up at the beginning of the mm-hmm. interview, like, they kind of fall in love with it. Yes. That's where the fall in love with yes. it comes into play right there. Because that's when you dig deep into every aspect. And because you want, you, you love it, you want to get better, and you want to know everything. Right. And you, you get obsessed. So, yeah, obsession, is, obsession is something I talk a lot about with uh, my personal clients and whatnot. It's okay to get obsessed with a healthy obsession. Mm-hmm. Like getting obsessed with pro wrestling, we did a whole episode kind of discussing this this mindset side of it all. But if you're truly, truly obsessed, you will love the entire journey. Mm-hmm. Like you will be like, this is a part of my dream and I will succeed no matter what because I can do all this stuff. Yeah. And that's what you do. You yeah. dive deep and you throw yourself in there. I, I did think it's something that I think may uh-huh. help if we can maybe kind of talk through it here. Yeah. So, because on step one, you know, um, we're talking about, you know, if you're a natural ac- acrobat, yes. you know, and in investing in it. But I know some people have a hard time realizing some of the stuff mm. you're good at because right. you, it, it, you're just good at it. And like you said, you just do it naturally and you may right. not realize. You don't realize it, yeah. So, um, you know, I think it, at least for me, I know if I see someone that's really good at something and I'm, you know, know them personally, I tell them. 
Yes. Like you, you yeah, can't, yeah, like okay. You, you can't help, I think, so what I'm getting at is I think if you're having a hard time, like, well, man, what, what am I naturally good at that could relate to pro wrestling and, mm-hmm. and help me? People are probably telling you. Right. Like, they're, they're giving you compliments on it. Right. Uh, because when you're great at something, people speak up about yes. it. Right. If you're good, they're not going to say anything. But if you're great no, at it. If you're really good, though, yeah. yeah. They're, they're going to tell you so about it. So think about what you've heard from people. That's a really good point. What have you been complimented on before? And, you know, ultimately, if you have people that you trust, you can ask them, yeah. too. Like, hey, what do you think I'm really good at? Like, and then uh, if it was maybe something you were sort of considering, and then they confirm it for mm-hmm. you, you can start to dive even deeper into it. Yeah. But yeah, think about the things that people have told you, what you're good at, what naturally, like, man, I always love how you're dressed. Like, it, sometimes it's as simple as that. Yeah, right. right yeah. It's like, man, I, I love the way you, you, uh, turn your head during that one move in the ring or whatever. Like, there's, there's all these little things, mannerisms and things mm-hmm. like that that you can exploit and realize, like, holy crap. I'm really talented at this specific skill that other people don't seem to have. Right, yeah. And that's that's another factor. Like you mm. sometimes you don't realize like, oh, I am like the best at this. Like and yeah. that's okay, but yeah. but you gotta you gotta start to realize those things and learn from it. Mm-hmm. But, all right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I thought we'd bring that to you on WrestleMania week. I hope that you also remember that we have a strength training program. It's called Strong Style. It's available at how to become a pro wrestler. It is built for your gym and for you, the pro wrestler, developed by pro wrestlers, for pro wrestlers, 12-week strength training program. And we are super excited to offer that to you guys. we got so many people going through that program. Mm -hmm. You can see them on our private Facebook group at How to Become a Pro Wrestler on Facebook. Join up, check it out, and post and comment along with the rest of our loyal listeners on the podcast. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.